Hey, grab your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark with me. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to open it. We're gonna be in Mark chapter five. Follow along in your Bible if possible. You may wanna grab a pen because you may need to take some notes here this morning or there may be some things that you need to underline in your Bible. We're in Mark chapter five and let's begin reading in verse 21. It says, and when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. We're in a series we're calling our Expectations Series. And the scenario we just read, I would assume, would fall well within the comfort zone or the expectations for many of us. If I were to find that my daughter were sick unto death or you found that one of your children was sick and that it was very serious, how many of you would run to Jesus? I mean, that's just, that's what we do, right? And so we see Jairus going to Jesus and he asked Jesus if he would go with him. In other words, Jesus, will you, will you heal this situation? Will you heal my daughter? Will you be involved in this, in this situation? And obviously Jesus went with him. And so Jesus' answer was, yes, I will, I will get involved in this situation. Now I wanna speak to you about your theology this morning. And this story would fit well within the th- in most of our theology. How many of you know that Jesus can heal? Let me ask you again. How many of you know that Jesus can heal? Right? The question, though, is not whether he could, it's whether he would. And so Jesus asked him, would you do this? And, and, and many of, our, of, of us have this type of theology that we believe Jesus can heal. We're just not sure if he's going to or not. We're gonna to go to him and, and we're gonna ask him and if he says yes, praise God. If he says no, then well, it must not be his will, okay? That's a lot of our theology. Now, let's keep reading because um, we're gonna keep this little portion in mind but we're gonna keep reading because I wanna show you a completely different scenario. If we keep reading in verse 25, Here's how it reads. Well, let me set this up first. So Jesus says, yes, I will go to your house. So um, off they go. So Jesus and Jairus are heading toward his house so Jesus can touch the daughter. The people around, there was already a crowd. And if you and I were in that crowd too, we'd be like, you know what, I wanna see this, right? And so this crowd's like, hey, we're going to Jairus's. Everybody meet at Jairus's house. We wanna see this situation. So here goes this crowd. Everybody, Jesus, Jairus, they're all heading toward Jairus's house to see what Jesus would do. Here's where we pick up again. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. I know I'm stopping in the mid-sentence, but we're stopping at the end of this verse. Let me show you something that's happening. They're heading to Jairus' house. The crowd's going with them. They want to see what Jesus is going to do. But in this crowd, there happens to be a woman. And the Bible tells us that she had an issue of blood. Now, 
to be real frank and, and, and clear and true to scripture, an issue of blood would have meant that um, a woman's monthly cycle, hers hasn't stopped for 12 years, okay? So big deal, all the husbands in the room. And I don't believe there's any, um, there's any random details in the Bible. So it specifically tells us how long she had had this issue. How long had she had it? 12 years. Well, if you study biblical numerology, what you'll learn is that the number 12 represents government or authority. So let me just paint a picture for you. Dial in with me real quick. Here's what I want, the point I want to make. This woman had an issue that had had authority over her. Her issue was the ruling authority in her life. And this issue had touched every part of her life. It had caused suffering. It had cost her everything that, that she had. And it wasn't getting better, it was getting worse. Now, the reason I wanna talk about this this morning, I wanna see what Jesus did, but there's also an application for us here today. Because I believe sitting in this room, there are people who your issue has been the ruling authority in your life. I don't know what your issue is, but your issue is affecting your life. You see, it affected her in deep ways. Because of this specific issue, she was deemed unclean. By the law, she was deemed unclean. In other words, she had to stay in her house. It affected where she could go. It affected who she could hang out with. It, it kept her out of the, the temple. I mean, this issue impacted every area of her life. And you and I may not have an issue of blood, but there are people in this room who you have issues that have been ruling your life for years and years and years. And it touches every area of your life. Some of you, your issues are hurting your marriage currently because my issue is wounds. It's wounds from traumas, dramas, daddies and mamas. Remember that? That's what we said. So our issue, our, 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 our own brokenness is the issue, but it's affecting our marriage. Some of us, our issues are with our children and we have broken relationships with our children. Some of us don't wanna to come to church on, the mor in, on Sunday morning because we feel unclean. The issue has caused us to be unclean. So we avoid the very presence of God. And if I do come to church, I certainly can't go to the altar. I certainly can't have an interaction with Jesus because I'm unclean. My issue has been ruling over me. I don't know what your issue is today, but this woman had an issue and it was the ruling authority in her life. Continue reading with me. In verse 27, it says, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind him and touched his garment. How many of you have heard this story before? Common story, all right. So it says, this woman with this issue that had been governing her life and affecting her life negatively for years, she had heard of Jesus, and so she had, the crowd was around Jesus. Remember, they were all going to Jairus' house? And so the crowd was there, and so she pressed through to touch, to touch the hem of his clothes. Now, when we hear this story in our Western mindset, we automatically think back to what, what we believe Jesus was wearing at the moment. 
We know that at that time they wore these robe type deals. And so what, the, 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 the image that pops into my head is that this woman, you know, uh, obviously she was beaten down. She was, uh, she was weak from and anemic from the loss of blood. She was considered unclean. So she, I see her sneaking through this crowd. And the picture we've all seen is she just reaches out and touches the, the bottom of his robe. But actually, if we study this out, you'll find that it wasn't his robe that she was touching. In fact, what she would have touched would have been this. It's called a tallit. Um, in English and, and in the Western world, we would call it a prayer shawl. Any of you guys ever seen this? It's the prayer shawl. And um, God had commanded the men in Israel that, that they were to wear this. And, um, and so often, you know, these guys would, would walk around wearing it like this. I didn't know it was going to be a fashion show this morning, but here's what it is. The word tallit, one of the definitions for the word tallit, which is this thing, is little tent. And the reason we call it a prayer shawl is because when a, 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 a Jewish man would go to pray, he would get in his little tent. Right? And so if you, you can still see devout Jews today, they pray in this thing. Remember when Jesus said, when you pray, go in your closet? This is a mobile closet. <laughs> Carried around with them, right? The colors, the color was white, the white's the, that's, that symbolizes heaven. The color was blue, that symbolizes the spirit of God. So when I pray, I interact with heaven through the spirit of God in my tent. See that? And so Jesus would have been wearing one of these things. It speaks of, of his um, fulfilling of the law. It speaks of his authority. And so when the woman would reach out to touch the hem of his garment, what she would actually touch would be this because these fringes just aren't for decoration. This was part of the Jewish custom. God had commanded in the Old Testament that they wear these fringes on the bottom of their tallits. And these fringes, there was a certain number of threads in them, and there was actually knots that were to be tied in them. And all of these represented things, and I won't go into too much detail other than this, let me tell you, is what this symbolizes, all these little tassels, they symbolize the law of God. And there's actually, if you trace the numbers out, it actually equals 613 uh, little fringes, little threads and stuff, because that's the number of the law, of the number of the commands that God put in the, in the law. There was 613 rules that you had to keep. Aren't you glad you're not Jewish? I got eight or 10 of them and I can't keep those, right? And so um, what she would have touched would, would have been this. She would, she would actually have, have touched the hem of his garment. Now, why should, would she have done that? And the Bible says that she had heard of Jesus. And here's what she may have heard. In the book of Malachi, which is the last book in the Old Testament, it's what we call a minor prophet. It's not because Malachi was a little guy. It's because Malachi wrote a little book. It's the last book in the Old Testament. And one of the last verses in the last book of the Old Testament, remember they didn't have the New Testament then. All they had was the Old Testament and the Torah. She being a Jewish woman would have been familiar with Torah. So maybe she had read in the book of Malachi 
a prophecy that Malachi gave at the end of the very at the very end of the Old Testament. And and the prophecy was this. It said this, but unto those who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. The ends of the talit are known as wings. What she was reaching for was the wings that the son of righteousness would arise with healing in his wings. Now, remember how I said these are, these are representative of, of the laws of God? So, and remember, you know, so, so Jewish men, they, they were commanded to wear these things with all these things because it was to remind you in your daily walk to walk after God, to obey the commands of God. That's why these Jewish, that's why God commanded people to wear these because it'll remind you of God's commands. But we know in the New Testament, what we find out is that the purpose of the law was to show us that we couldn't keep the law. So they were walking around with a constant reminder of their own humanity. We know the laws of God, I just can't follow the laws of God. But all of a sudden a woman sees someone who is not under the same under the same law of sin and death as everyone born after Adam. We are unrighteous, but all of a sudden she saw someone wearing this tallit, but this was the son of righteousness. This was the one who came, who can keep the law. So what she was doing actually by touching him, by being in the crowd, the woman was breaking the law. But by breaking the law, what is she doing? She's reaching for the righteousness that is not her own. She's reaching to the righteousness of the Son of God, reaching past her own humanity. So she's reaching outside of herself. But listen, she's desperate because this issue has been ruling over her. It's been affecting every area of her life, and she's tired of it. And so she presses in. She touches the hem of his garment. Continue to read with me. Here's why she touched the hem of his garment. Verse 28, for she had said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. Now, I want you to focus on the word touch here for a moment. Because when you and I think touch, again, we think, but actually if you study the Greek and, and you look at the deeper meanings of this word, it's not a casual touch. This is an aggressive, an aggressive action. It actually means to lay hold of. It actually means to grasp. And so what she's saying, what she knew, our series is expectation. You know what her expectation is? If I can lay hold of the son of righteousness, my healing is found in him. And so she doesn't just, no, she's grabbing hold of something. This is a determined woman. This is a desperate woman. You gotta remember, she's breaking the law. Actually, she could be stoned for what she's doing right now. I'm not talking about somebody just, just being casual. I'm, I'm talking about somebody who's saying, I am so sick of my issue ro- ruling over me. I will, live, I, will, I will risk life and limb. I'm tired of my issue being the authority in my life. It's time for me to reach through something. I don't care what it costs me. It says that she pressed through the crowd. So in other words, I don't care what these people think. 
I don't care what the others are doing. I don't care what their expectations are. None of that is a concern to me. There's one thing, I gotta lay hold of Jesus. So we see this woman in that condition with this kind of faith in her heart. She pushes through the crowd. She lays lays hold of Jesus. And in verse 29, here's what happened. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Her reaching out, her laying hold of Jesus, it did something in her, it accomplished what she wants to do. Keep reading though, verse 30. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Now remember earlier when we started talking that Jairus had gone to Jesus and asked something of Jesus, will you heal my daughter? But here we see that this woman didn't ask Jesus to do anything. She didn't ask Jesus to touch her, she touched him. Whole different situation, you see that? And, and Jesus, there, there's an indication here that Jesus didn't even know this woman was on the planet. Jesus had no clue that she was there because he's like, who touched me? All he knew is that virtue had left him. Now virtue, listen, if you study that out in the Greek, you'll find that it's the word dunamis. It's the word, it's the Greek word that we get our word dynamite from. Some dynamite had gone off in him. I'm talking about dynamite, the thing that can alter, the thing that can change, the thing that can break down, the thing that can explode, the thing that can move mountains. That had gone out of him. She didn't ask, she didn't ask him permission. She just went and got it. And we're going to find out in a minute how she got it. Jesus says, hey guys, who touched me? Something happened. Something happened. And we keep reading, we find a little sarcasm among the disciples. Verse 21, and his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? Come on, Jesus. The knower of all things. He said, um, they said to Jesus, listen, people been touching you all day, Jesus. He said, but oh, somebody touched me in a different way today. Something different happened because power went out, virtue went out. And they're saying, there's, there's people touching you all the time. And he's saying, yeah, but there's something different. And, and I, I, was, I was just preparing this for this, this week. I was just thinking, there are gonna be people in this room singing praises, hundreds of us, but is there one who's gonna do it different? Is there one who's gonna say, I'm ready for my situation to change. I'm ready for my issues to be over with. I'm not gonna do, I'm not just coming to church. I'm coming to take hold of Jesus. Something different's gonna be here today because I'm tired of my issues being the ruling authority in my life. And then we find out in verse 32, that's the final discussion Jesus has with this woman and we find out how she received that dunamis, that power. In verse 32, it says, and he looked around, that's Jesus about to see her that had done this thing. But when the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him the truth. Verse 34, let's go slow, you ready? Dial in with me. And he said unto her daughter, oh, that was music to her ears, church. 
She had been called unclean. She had been called an addict. She had been called a loser. She had been called a failure. She had been called, I don't know what she was called, but all of a sudden, God, listen, the son of God was calling her daughter. And the reason I'm drilling down here is because there are those of you sitting in here today and you've got your issues have become your identity and they've shaped how you think of yourself. You consider yourself unclean. You consider yourself unloved. You, 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 you move yourself out of the way. But the God of heaven is calling out to sons today and saying, you're my child. I love you. It's calling to daughters and saying, I love you. I want to know you. I want to touch you. He called her daughter. And he says this. He said, it's your faith that made you whole. Now I'm gonna ask you a question and the answer is yes. I'm gonna ask you a question then we're all gonna answer yes to this question, you ready? Did Jesus heal this woman? Yes, yes. good. I wanted to do to get that out right, okay? Because I wanna say some things to you that may challenge you a little bit but don't hear what I don't say and don't twist my words, you ready? He said that it's your faith that made you whole. That's what Jesus said. Now we know that it was the power of God that left Jesus and changed that situation. But it was her faith that reached in and grabbed it. The reason I'm saying that is because if you've got a theology, well, well I don't know what God's will is. I just kinda, he may, he, his will may for, for me just to live in dysfunction and live in sickness, and live in addiction, live in poverty, live in whatever. Like Jairus, we say, I'll ask him, but if he says no, we'll just live with it. So are you saying, Jody, that Jairus was wrong? No, Jairus wasn't wrong. Because actually, if we keep reading in Matthew chapter five, we'll find the second half of Jairus' story. Because the Bible tells us that while Jesus was still having this interaction, because remember this woman had stopped the parade and Jesus is having this interaction with this woman. Well, somebody from Jairus' house came and met them because they were still dealing with this woman. And, uh, and this person didn't come with good news. The person came to, G to Jairus and he said, hey dude, listen, got some bad news for you. I know Jesus was gonna come and heal your daughter, but it's too late. She's dead. And so you just imagine Jairus when Jesus said yes and began walking with him home. Can you imagine the faith that was in Jairus at that moment? Me and Jesus going home, we're gonna heal our daughter. He's excited and all of a sudden this woman, this woman with an issue, it's you women with issues always getting in the way. And while Jesus is dealing with this woman's issue, all hope is lost. So this servant from Jairus' house says, don't bother Jesus. There's no sense in him coming because it's too late. And, and I, here's what I see in this, ready? Is that I believe in that moment, Jairus crushed the hope. I thought it was gonna be better. I thought it was gonna be different. I thought the issue was gonna change. I thought things were gonna get better. And all of a sudden, uh, the, the bad news comes and Jesus at that moment, I, here's how I think Jesus did it. Jairus, right here. Right here. Because here's what he said to him. He said, first of all, Jairus, don't be afraid. Don't let fear talk you out of something. Don't let fear change this situation. He says, you gotta lock in on me. And then he said this, Jairus says, only believe. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to push fear out the door and I need you to latch hold of, of, of belief. 
And J.R. again, I think he's in a roller coaster of emotions and his faith is up and down. Things are changing by the second. Jesus says, don't fear, only believe. And J.R. says, like, okay, here we go. And, uh, but Jesus did something interesting there. Remember the whole crowd was going with him? But Jesus, at this moment, he said, we're, we're gonna change this. He said, in fact, from here on out, Peter, James, and John, Jairus, we're the only ones going. The rest of you guys stay here. I believe what Jesus was doing was separating himself and separating the situation. We got the, the faith-filled and the fearful. And only the, the people are, only the people that are going on this journey are the faith-filled people. Now, how many of you think the crowd said, got it, Jesus, I will go home? No. I believe there was hundreds of people peeking around corners trying to get a look at Jairus' house. But Jesus told the crowd to get back and he and Peter and James and John and Jairus, they, they continued the journey. And again, Jairus is probably full of faith again going, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe this thing can still work. And so off they go. And the closer they get to the house, they hear the commotion. Any of you ever been to one of those funerals? Where, you can hear the moaning throughout the streets, right? They get close to Jairus' house and he hears the chaos. He hears the confusion, people wailing, people mourning. And Jesus walks into that situation where everything's chaotic. And he says to the people who are all freaked out, he's like, uh, what are you so upset about? Actually, he said this, you know, she's not even dead. She's only sleeping. And the Bible says that they laughed him to scorn. Can you imagine that? They just they broke out into laughter and laughed at Jesus. And then here's what Jesus does. He kicked them all out the house. He said, listen, if you're not full of faith, you need to get up on out of here because things are gonna change, but it's gonna be, remember he told the woman with the issue of blood, it's your faith that made you whole. And so he is removing all the doubters. He's removing the scoffers. And, and then he goes in with Jairus and his wife and Peter and James and John. And in that situation, Jesus reaches down and he lifts that little girl up. She's raised from the dead. Beautiful miracle. Jairus is over the moon, seeing the power of God. Then Jesus said this, isn't this crazy? Jesus is like, hey dude, listen, don't tell anybody about this. I'm They've already made a post. I mean, he's about to sit sin on Instagram, you know, and he's like, wait, what? Isn't that crazy how Jesus, I can't figure that. I don't know what that's about. I'd like to think I'm a Bible scholar. I have no clue why Jesus didn't want that. I'd have been printing newsletters, like dropping them out of, you know. Um, he says, don't do this. And, and actually he said, um, he said also, he says, uh, now, now that she's up and walking around, get her a little something to eat. She probably needs a snack. Remember the Princess Bride? She's been mostly dead all day. Remember that movie? Get her a little snack. Which I'm like, what is that about? But maybe, maybe here's what that's about. Is that um, Jesus was saying, I'm, I'm fixing something, but then there's going to be a, a physical part of walking this thing out. I want you to jump back with me to the, to the woman with the issue of blood because in verse 34, we read where Jesus said that it's your faith who made you whole. It's your faith that made you whole. And the word whole there is the Greek word sozo. 
In other words, it's not just being released from your specific issue of blood. Sozo is much broader than one issue. The word sozo means completely set free. So not only is your issue of blood dealt with everything, this thing has just broken free. You are no longer a captive. Everything has changed in your life. He said, it's your faith that made you whole. But then he goes on to say this, let's track with me. He says, now go in peace. This is verse 34, talking to the woman with the issue of blood. He said, go in peace. Now, what does peace mean? Does it mean a warm, fuzzy feeling? Like, hey, walk out of here feeling good about yourself. It means much more than that because peace in this situation, it means, it actually means the tranquility of someone who knows that they are right with God. So what he's saying to this woman is, you're free now. Now go walk like it. Just walk out. Go in the freedom of someone who understands they're in right standing with God. Why am, I, why am I saying all this? Because listen, I believe God's gonna set some people free here this morning. I believe some issues are no, no longer gonna be ruling over people. But hey, if your issue is alcoholism, you probably don't need to go home and hang out with the people who made you an alcoholic. There may be some things for you to change in your life, right? And so I believe Jesus is is saying this to her. So he, he says this to this woman at the very end, you're changed, your life is changed. Now go walk it out. And then the last thing, I believe he said it sarcastically. He probably didn't, this is just Jody. He said, oh, and by the way, you're free of your issue. The last thing he released her from was that little issue she came to him with. He says, I'm not only here to fix your issue, I'm here to change your life. I'm here to put a, a new governing, 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 if I can say it, authority over you. Now, how many of you believe this is a beautiful story out of the word of God? Did you receive anything from that? But the question is, what does it have to do with us? What does it have to do with you and me? Like I said earlier, I believe there are here people in this room who you got issues. Look at your neighbor and say, I know it's you. I've been telling you that for years. You got issues, right? But some of us, some of us, our issues are so deep that they've been affecting every area of our life. It affects the friends we hang out with. It affects our relationship. It affects our, our even our socioeconomic standing. It, it, it affects everything. But what we find in this story is there was a woman... She didn't ask for Jesus to do anything for her. It was her faith that caused her and her desperation that caused her to push through all the obstacles. And that woman was determined, please listen to me, that woman was determined, today I either get free or I get dead. I get free or I get dead, but I'm tired of the hangups. I'm tired of the issue. And I believe that there are people in here today who say, I'm tired of my issues. I'm tired of my issues. Listen, I, I got a little negative feedback a couple of weeks ago when I talked about mental illness. I said that mental illness is, if you're a child of God, then mental illness is not for you. I had some people reach out, and thank God I'm not on Facebook, but somebody told me, reach back through social media and was like, Jody, you're saying that, that Christians can't have mental illness? That's not what I'm saying at all. Because this woman, this woman we're talking about, she was a Jew, she was a child of God and she had an issue. 
I'm not saying sickness won't come. I'm not saying these challenges won't come. But I'm just saying this woman was fed up with it. And she said, I am a child of God. I just, you and I just took communion saying that we are in covenant with God and according to that covenant first Peter reminds us that by his stripes I am healed body soul spirit mentally emotionally all I'm healed that's all I'm saying is there somebody in here today who says I'm sick of my issues sick of my issues governing and affecting my life today's a day of change would you stand with me